Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Started and I'll just make sure that's recording. Looks like it is. So, welcome Penny Fagan to the podcast. Oh, is that how I say your name? And I'll edit yes, that bit is. out. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you can leave that. It's Fagan. Never, never actually had to say your full name to you. I don't think so. I just assume that's how you said it. So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's really lovely to be chatting to you today. Um, you became a client of mine some time ago, a personal training client, and we met that way. And what I discovered along the way, what you told me is that you're working on a book, which I just thought was amazing because I think there's probably so many of us that would like the idea of writing a book, but never actually get around to it. So, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that today, but, um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about, oh, well, how you came to write your book? Yeah, sure. Yep. So I probably, um, well, I came to see you and probably the midst of COVID last year, I'd done a bit of like home exercise for about six weeks and then I was kind of wanting to step it up a little bit, get out of the home after being isolated for so long. And that's how we kind of met um, on the way. Uh, in that process as well, I was writing my book. So for I've wrote a blog about this as well, but for some time I'd been telling my husband, I'm going to write a book about, you know, the experiences of motherhood. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, not everyone <laughs> finds motherhood as, um, I guess, easy um, as a lot of other people. And he knew very well that I have struggled very much so um, from the early days of motherhood. Um, uh, going through and facing um, depreci- or deterioration of my mental health. Yes. Um, and it's been something that when I was going through that, I really didn't have any information about that. Like for me, I was just thinking I was a first time mum and I was finding it hard. But when I sort of dove into it more and things got worse, it was actually you know, my mental health that was suffering for so many reasons. Um, And I just really wanted to, I kind of wrote the book in my head first. I was sort of going around things that I'd want to share with other mums and things like that that I thought that would be important for them to hear. Um, And then COVID hit and I had a few days and I just sat down and it just pretty much flowed out of my fingertips. I really didn't think about it. Um, And the bulk of the book was written within a few days of just sitting at the laptop. And then it was just months of, sort of tweaking afterwards yeah and that's how it kind of came together wow that's amazing so you made really good use of lockdown and I've got to say I identify with a lot of what you're saying about motherhood and I had a lot of I was um, first time mum earlier than you like a few years beforehand and I have to say that I didn't feel the things that I thought that I should feel around being at home with the baby with a couple of little kids, um, you know, the images that are portrayed of how we're supposed to just love that. I really, I had a lot of anxiety around not being at work because I obviously 
um, I don't know, I've got some kind of attachment to working with, I'm working on that. <laughs> I didn't realise that I had that at the time, but I, I did really suffer a lot and I identified with a lot of things in your book. But um, going back to using that lockdown time, I have to say when I first met you, and there, there is a bit of um, talk about the comparison that women do in your book, and I talk about this a lot in regards to fitness, but I will be completely honest and upfront and say that when I first met you, you just looked like, when you came to, to speak with me, you just looked like someone who was so in control, well put together compared to myself <laughs> when I compared myself to you, like first meeting, and I thought, look, this girl just looks like she knows what she's about. I don't know if I'm the personal trainer for her. I don't know if I can actually help her. And I think that I said that to you also. So it yeah. works both ways, I guess. Like with women, we go through it all the time. And then we became like, we got along really well, became really good friends um, through that process. And I love that you um, enjoyed training with us so much too. And you actually wrote a little section on that in your book sorry what's the name of the chapter in the book where you mentioned me it's about I think it's self-love I think self -love, um, that's it. Yeah. yes yep yeah um and that was obviously a part of the book that I was still writing once we met yes. um when we met um I said before yeah I'd been six weeks like sort of doing home training so I was feeling really good about myself um when we when I first started to um, contact yourself so I think you might remember I was you know I just want to do PT I just want to do one-on-one -on -one because yes I'm so socially anxious and the thought of going into a class with a group of other people just scared me so much that it made me feel sick to the stomach so wow. I was like no no we're just going to do PT and you're like yeah that's okay and I think it took a week or two for me to be able to come to classes um, but I think for me as well for training it's such a um I like to just do go in and just train and then leave. I don't want it to be like, and this sounds a bit weird too, like because I am so, like I struggle socially, like for me, the pressure on me to go and have to be friendly every time and say hello yes. and things like that, that sort of puts me off at the start. And that's why with PT, I know that I can just come in it's just you every time, you know, yeah. if we talk, we talk, if we don't, we don't, it's okay. But, you know, once sort of I'd been to the um, to the shed a couple of times in the group classes, it was good. Like everyone did say a, a quick hello and things, but then we were sort of straight into it. And I didn't feel that pressure to, you know, have to kind of socialise. It was still just going in and being able to get that stress relief and get, you know, whatever it was that I was trying to get out of that class and then leave again. Look, and that, that's how we try to structure the group classes so there's not that um, milling about and like groups forming and it's just in and out, everyone's busy, everyone's friendly towards each other, but we're not sort of getting into those sort of cliques forming that you might see within other fitness um, facilities. And we do try to keep it that way. And that's why, yeah, we like Nush and I have discussed this about, so what are we about? what are we offering our clients? And that's definitely one of the things because I'm, I wouldn't say I feel anxious about things. Sometimes I feel anxious about doing this podcast and I, but I just do it. So clearly I'm not suffering. Yes. So clearly I'm not suffering with anxiety. I haven't been diagnosed, but I am frequently coming across more and more women in the same situation as you with regards to wanting to get fitter, 
wanting to maybe lose some weight, wanting to just be healthier and wanting to have that time out for themselves. But they're so anxious about coming into that group situation. And it's good that you mentioned that because I've been considering a lot lately, like how can I facilitate this, like facilitate making these women feel more comfortable and at ease. It's, it's a really difficult one. And I have had, um, I have failed to be able to do that with some clients in the past. It's, it's, okay. yeah. 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 I think it's, you know, um, listening to previous podcasts of yours as well, Ange, it's that um, pressure that we put on ourselves. It's, you know, the fact that we don't look like the Instagram, you know, <sighs> models yeah. in their fitness wear when we go and things like that. So it's in our head. Well, for me, it's in the way, well, I've got to, be my fittest and look my best before I can show up at a gym like oh, you know I've got to do that behind work because I can't you know I'm too nervous to go where I'm with the time when you most needed to go is when you know you're needing that help to get that you know to get back into it but for me I'm like well I don't you know I'm not I'm, I'm overweight or I'm this or I'm that and I'm going to get judged and you know, yes. I've never felt that at the shed. And I think that sometimes when you choose a smaller um, fitness, uh, like a, a shed or things like that, the, you know, a place that when we first met, I knew straight away that we, we were just going to hit it off. Like I felt so comfortable yeah. with you. You had that no bullshit attitude. And I was like, she is going to kick my ass into gear and I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to want to let you down. And I say that in my book because I didn't like, you know, I'd book in a class and I'd sit there and I'd think, oh, I really can't be bothered. But then I can hear your, your voice in my head, you know, about people not showing up and that. And I'm like, you know, I'm yeah. not going to be one of those people. Like I need to show yeah. up and I need to put in 100% for me um, and for you as well, because you're running a business as well. So, you know, it's, yeah, that accountability. Yeah. And you did, you definitely put in a hundred percent. I had lots of really positive comments about you and the effort that you put into class. And that's generally what I'll hear from people um, if they do happen to notice, but you did put in such an amazing effort that it was noticeable for people. Um, so in a good way. So um, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, can you tell me a little bit about your diet and exercise history? You've lived around Australia um at in different places as you mentioned in your book um yep. yeah so how was your diet and exercise history I guess pre-motherhood okay so I am your typical textbook binge yo-yo eater I think I started um Jenny Craig when I was 18 I think the first time I tried wow. Jenny Craig I have done every every one of those kind of, I don't even know what the professional wears for them, but I've done isogenics, I've done Weight Watchers, I've done, you list it, I've probably done it. So I'm yeah. very much someone that wants that instant um, gratitude, is it instant gratitude or instant um, results? And I'm very good at, for myself, I'm very good at focusing myself in something for a short amount of time. So I can do something like that for, you know, six, six weeks, two months or something like that, and I'll get the results. Yeah. But as we've spoken and as, you know, now working with you, Ed, as I've learned, they're a quick fix. They're not a um, sustainable fix. And it's probably taken to now what I'm turning 37 this year and I've only just learned about this, you know, at this age. So I yes. go from 
one thing to the next. I'd lose the weight. I'd put it back on, um, you know, lifestyle changes, all that kind of thing. So I've pretty much yo-yoed my whole entire life. Um, and it's one of those things, you know, that I'm still now trying to work on. Like for me, exercise has always been the easy part. Yes. Um, I love to exercise. Like when I can get my mind around it and in the right headspace, I love it. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. And I think I've gone through, like I've gone through a lot of different types of exercise. So I got into kind of your CrossFit style exercise before I had the kids. Um, and I was probably before I fell um, pregnant with my first, Brayden, <clears throat> I was actually the fittest I've ever been. I had visible yeah. abs. I was like, you know, smashing it at the gym. But I did also work at that time flying and out. I was doing two on one off. So pretty much to survive, I was going to the gym when I worked away mentally. That's when I probably started to struggle a little bit, not knowing it at the time, but being away from Ray, being isolated, all those kind of things. All I did was just put my head down and just ran and I just trained and I just trained. So then obviously having kids, it changed things a lot in terms of what my ability that I could do, the time that I had to be able to do things as well. And, you know, now I sort of, you know, now I know I, you can't, and you sh I probably knew this before, but actually being able to admit it now, you can't, you know, exercise a bad diet away. Like no. that's what you tell me. That's what I know. But, you know, in the past, I've been able to exercise so much you know, that because you I haven't had kids, it. I haven't had those other responsibilities that I could, you know, have a little bit of a sneaky poor diet, but be able to exercise it because, you know, I had that time to just exercise like crazy. So yes. for me now, since having kids, it's been a lot different. I got back, um, I was in a really bad, like when Brayden was born, he just cried flat out for the first, yep. I don't know how many months. I'd ring Ray bawling because I just he just wouldn't stop crying. And for me, I'm like, I need to get back into exercise. That's what I need to do. Um, so I found a local CrossFit place there. Um, so I was saying, yep, I've got to get into this. The day I was sort of the week before I was due to join up there, I got really bad mastitis. I ended up in hospital. Um, and you'll read this about in my book, but that was another traumatic thing. So that set me back again. But eventually I did get there and that's showing up for one hour a day really helped me to get out of that really bad spot that I was in. Um, so I took Brayden with me, um, things like that. And it was just that time to, you know, take down the stress levels, focus on something else. And I guess for me with exercise, it's being able to have control um, of something. And especially after becoming a mother, you feel like you've lost control of everything. Yeah. You can't. So for me, um, and with my eating, I still don't feel like I'm in control of my eating. Um, that's something that I'm still trying to work on. But with exercise, I can just focus. I can work yes. really hard and I can have a full control over it um, because I can just put my mind and focus on it and just smash it out, like for me. And I guess the stronger I was feeling... Um, physically the stronger I started to feel like mentally as well um so I've sort of gone in and out of exercise and like my diet's gone up and down since motherhood as well I've lost weight put it back on lost weight um and before I started to come well before I seen you and I was probably at my biggest again since having the boys um we'd moved into state um just heaps of changes going back to sitting in a truck um like yeah. the whole truck 
Um, so, you know, shift work, all those kind of things, those changes, you know, having a, a massive, like enjoying a bit of a social life, drinking, and I had blown out again. Um, and I guess, you know, when those things happen now, once you've um, had children, you're getting older, it doesn't just affect your appearance, but it affects everything else. So it started to affect um, my neck, um, like my back, things yeah. like that, that I was starting to have trouble with um, because I wasn't looking after myself. So I wasn't having, um, I didn't have any strength through my core or anything like that. And then I'm getting thrown around in a truck yeah. and that actually led me to have um, I started to have problems with my neck and I started to suffer vertigo. So, oh, yeah. you know, that things with, like when I was younger, exercise was purely just to lose weight, to lose weight and look good. But now for me, exercise is, that's probably the last on the priority list when it comes to exercise. That's just a bonus to lose weight and to, you know, feel a bit better out. That's, you know, the icing on top of the cake, I guess. For me, it's my being able to cope mentally bringing down my cortisone levels because of my anxiety, but also because I need to support all the other bits in my body to be able to feel well. Like I was getting headaches um, and I actually had to, yeah, change like the position in my work for a little bit because I wasn't able to safely operate haul trucks anymore because that banging of my neck was just, yeah, giving me that, vertigo which is we I'd only just got rid of before we started to see each other yeah well that's um that's a really good point because suffering with uh neck and back pain is something that often um prevents people from doing exercise when the the sad thing is that if they did start to do the right amount of exercise, not something crazy, you know, for them and that their body can recover from, they're going to start to see those benefits. And I know this, and it's something that just really frustrates me when I start getting people going, oh, no, I can't do um, any training because I have a sore back. It's like that if you do the right kind of training and the right amount, yep. You're going to improve that without having to medicate yourself, without having to take time off work. Your life is just going to get better. But it does, it's, yeah. So it's good that you've got a really um, proactive mentality, um, definitely. And that was, you've got a mean squat on you too. So it's um, funny that you mentioned the type of training that you liked. Well, yeah, I really love your squat. Um, is that one of the things that when you were talking to me in our initial um, conversation, I kind of thought, oh, I think this girl really belongs at CrossFit because she's, yeah, yeah, you know, mate, yeah. like just wanting to really train really hard and go hard and, yeah. But there was a reason that you didn't go back to that environment that you mentioned when we had a bit of a chat, which was interesting, and you mentioned the fact that you just like to come in and get it done and maybe not be... Um, not feel like you need to interact too much with other people and, and compete with other people. So that's interesting how things change as you go along. Um, what do I want to say about that? And and when you mentioned your diet history too, I know that we had, it, we had conversations around that. And when you were telling me about your diet history in our one-to-one -one discussions, I could see a heap of red flags coming up, not from you, but from your experience of, diet culture and yeah. I'm as you know I was just there in the back of my mind I don't want to take this woman there again I, we, I need to find a way to get through to her that it's okay you know to to be more moderate and um I think we got there eventually yeah yeah no we did um 
my understanding of um, how much I can. So I think at the start with you, I was very stubborn with my with my diet. I was like, oh, yeah, no, we just need to train and I'll, I'll work out the rest sort of thing. Like, yes. I'll do it. It's um, really common. That's we- so common with people that like, yeah. let's change all of these lifestyle factors. Like I'll have a shift worker in front of me or even just a busy professional and they'll come in always in summer and be like, I just want to do heaps of exercise to solve my problems. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, hang on a sec. Can we look at a few lifestyle factors? Because I don't think you're going to be able to get, you know, as much workouts in as you uh, think that you might. Life's going to yeah. take over like it always does. And they're like, no, 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 don't want to look at that. Don't want to look at anything else. Just smash me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it took me a little bit to kind of, and then we started to discuss it a little bit and, you know, you um, worked out a bit of a program for me and I kind of I guess for myself like I don't want to be calorie counting because it's not really I don't have the time to write everything down but I did do it for a few weeks to kind of understand because I'm very habitual in what I eat I eat you know very much a similar thing most days so I was able to go okay well that's probably about that that's about that this is sort of what I can eat and what I can't eat in terms of like in moderation, like you said, how much I need to eat. But the hard thing that I find is that with shift work is the days that I don't, the days I exercise, I eat really well. So I'll come in, I'll start Uh, that, you know, I feel really good. I've got that, you know, the cortisone levels are out, like are down and I'm feeling great. So I won't really binge eat or feel like anything sweet that day. But then it comes to days that I'm working, days that I'm working 13-hour shifts, plus we now have a half an hour commute on each side I don't have time to exercise they're the days when my diet is the worst because I'm at at work I work in um in dispatch now so it's quite it's full on it's like boom 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 like for those whole 13 hours I don't stop I don't you know I get up and go to the toilet and that's about it like you don't it's just that continual fight or flight for the whole entire day for me um and that's when I will binge eat because I'm going to eat because you know, and I'll we'll binge eat the worst things. I'll sit there and eat a bag of Maltesers within two minutes, you know, or something like that. Like, and mm. I'll, because I'm just fighting for that energy to yes. keep going. Um, so that is something that I'm still working on. Um, it's still definitely my demons. Um, and I'm trying to have had days where we've discussed, where I've got through it and been, you know, really well with what I've ate. And then, you know, then I go back to where I was again. So that's still something that I'm working on. And I guess, you know, us trying to work a little bit online now with my nutrition and things like that, I hope that, you know, I slowly get better at it. But it's definitely, um, yeah, it's just definitely something that I, and I don't know if anybody else is the same, if they feel like on the oh, days they exercise, they start their day more positive. Yeah, well, yes. it does. And I guess that's why I like to exercise and I like to exercise in the morning because I know how much of a positive effect it has on me for the rest of the day. Um, and even it was great um, on my four blocks of night shift, I would always come in and you used to think I was crazy coming in at 4.30 to do a hit yes. class before my night shift but it just it started the night so well it got me you know it just leveled out my stress it got me in a positive mindset and you know it just kept me going those night shifts and I never really I never ate crap on those night shifts yeah and a few of the other girls are now doing that too which is amazing and they're finding benefit from it too 
Um, I do always tell them, as you know, to be mindful of their fatigue levels, but they, they do say they get the same benefits. I think you were pretty instrumental in encouraging that behaviour, like at the start of the year as well. Like, let's all go to Metafit together before our night shift. And yet yeah, those girls are keeping those habits up, which is amazing. Um, and you touched on, so emotional eating, uh, it's not just you. It's very, very common with so many women. And as I said myself, I find if I'm at home doing admin all day, that's when I'm going looking for things as well. And so it's that yeah. it's, it's going to be a topic um, coming up in it within that online course that you're doing at the moment, but non-hunger based eating. So reasons that we eat that we don't only eat due to hunger. We eat when yeah. we feel emotional and that's very individual. And so how you manage that is also very individual. But the first step is recognizing what your triggers are is it, and for me, it'll be like the internet will go down and I crack the shits and walk to the pantry or something. So yeah. <laughs> that emotion, like it's linking my eating to frustration. And yeah, I found, yeah. yeah, I found the other day uh, that I, oh, what, I can't remember what, I think I was at home most of the day. The second half of the day I was at home. The first half of the day was an early start for me and just bang 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 stuff to do and I thought I can't even I don't even have time to put some muesli and yogurt and fruit in a bowl like that's how I'm looking at the clock it's ticking down to get the yeah. kids to school get to my first client um, but I had a bowl of chicken and veggie bake in the fridge which I was gonna have later in the day and I thought look I'm just gonna have that I do this sometimes I'm just gonna chuck that yeah. in the microwave now and eat it so a mm -hmm. high protein meal I found I was not feeling that hunger that usual hunger that I do throughout the day and obviously this is very personal as well but I did find myself later in the day when I was doing admin then standing at the cupboard for no reason whatsoever and looking in it and going oh, I'm not actually hungry so why am I standing here so it's yep. habit based emotional based and and that's in my opinion as a nutritionist one of the hardest things to crack for my clients because it is so individual and they feel a lot of shame around doing that too. So I think, yeah. um, thank you for sharing that because it's very normal. I'm sure there's a lot of other shift workers going through that as well. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just something that you can work on and you're not always going to be successful and it's being okay with that and just learning from each time that you fail, just learning from that and trying to put things in place to maybe be a little bit more successful next time. But also sometimes you might just need to have the friggin' Maltesers, you know? There's nothing yeah, wrong with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I completely agree, And Sometimes you do need to, but, yeah, I just, I think as mums as well, you go and we tend to eat the kids' scraps that we probably yes. didn't need to eat and we wait for me personally I wait too long until I eat so I get up yeah. and I'm like doing this and I'm doing that for the kids I'm being their snack bitch I'm doing you know <laughs> the washing everything like that and then I get to the point where I'm so starving that I just yes. want to eat anything the quickest thing and probably the most unhealthy thing yeah so I think that yeah a thing for me to like I'm shit at food planning meal prepping you know I'm just not good at it I won't admit that I'm great at it um so you know yesterday it was the point of having a packet of tuna and rice I think it was in oh, the I saw cupboard, that the mixed yeah. lettuce 
you know, things like that where I've, yeah. where I think, you know, you've got that there. You need to just put that together in two seconds and eat that. But I think as a mum, we're just, we're so busy worrying about everybody else and feeding everybody else mm. that we're the last ones that we think of. But I'm very much, like if there's chocolate in my house, my husband and I, we're the same. It will be gone. Like, yes. And I'm like, why don't I buy it? It will be gone in a day. Like we just, yes. we can't physically have it in our house without, eating it in one go it's just I love it when my clients say to me oh you know I like to sit down at night and have four squares of chocolate and I'm like how do you do that because I just eat the whole block and so as a consequence (laughs) I don't keep it in my house but like you know every so often if we've done the grocery shop down at Aldi on the weekend um, the boys will be like can we just grab a block of chocolate and we will share it um, which is quite nice but I think that yeah having it in the house is not for me um and hats <laughs> off to the people that can control themselves around yes, it um, self-control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but I think that it's it again it comes down to recognizing your own um behaviors habits and triggers and and not not being and and also having the chocolate if you you know for enjoyment um trying to have it when it's not at that loss of control point attached to an emotion or a time of day or whatever it is so yeah no that's really good that you brought that up and on the meal prepping thing you guys are going to get your workshop on that um in the next week or so as well so I'll have to make sure you're free (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure I attend that one (laughs) yes I'll do it online I'll do it online so yeah yeah, um back to your book (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is amazing look I found it a really easy read because it's just so from the heart just from a normal person your first book um I found the way that it's laid out in the short chapters if you're a busy mum or parent and I do want my husband to read this book too because I think that it will really open his eyes I related to so much in it and I've said to him I'd like you to read this at some point because like this is pretty much what was going on in my head at different points some of this as well and yeah so little bite-sized chapters that are really easy to read and um where can people get your book from yeah, so and they can get the three M's. They can go to my website, um, yeah. www.pennyfaganauthor, so P-E-N-N-I-F-A-G-A-N, author.com, and they can go to the shop button there. Um, or they could go to Penny Author, Penny Fagan Author on Instagram or Facebook and follow the link through there. I just want to quickly touch while you said on that, Ange, about your husband reading it. Um, yes. Anyone that's read my book will read that I you know kind of wrote it for my husband in terms of wanting him to understand what I've been through um and it was such a game changer for us and our marriage and we have stepped yeah it has just put us in such more of a positive place and opened us up so much more and I have had other friends husbands read it as well and just given me the feedback saying thank you thank you so much I understand my wife's anxiety and that so much more now and you know, that's what this book is all about. It's about there to know, to women to know that they're not alone. You know, they, you know, 
people don't talk about it a lot, but I think there's so many of us out there that have struggled with that yes. early motherhood, you know, anything like that. And that's okay. And for husbands that, you know, to understand what their wives are going through is so important as well. So yeah, the feedback that I've been getting from male and female has been amazing. So yeah, thank you. That's unreal. I've got tears in my eyes now because <laughs> I just got goosebumps because it's about honesty. It's sharing your point of view honestly and that is what opens up you know um I think a better relationship when you can be raw and honest and um, I'm so pleased that that's led to that for you guys and I think that it's a really important factor in in a relationship and just in general like being honest with other people out there and sharing your story honestly um it takes guts to do that and um, but ultimately you're going to touch some people that is are meant to um relate to that story and you may help them and it's it's quite difficult I know at the start of the year I wanted to get in to see my psychologist um, um just as a one-off and I couldn't get in for something like um six weeks or eight weeks it wasn't personally an emergency I just wanted to clarify some things for myself and and feel a little bit clearer on stuff and I couldn't get in and I it just made me think that it's it's quite difficult to access mental health services and I think that people being more honest about their stories in general can potentially help other people or get them to seek some help as well um, in the meantime so thank you um, so I'll pop those links into the notes on the podcast and thank you so much.